Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Our next guest comes from, well, he's calling from, I've got to ask him about this, Jockvale. Jockvale, Ontario, Canada. That's what it says on my screen. Sean McIndoe with The Athletic and everything on the NHL trade deadline and all things NHL. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I didn't know where Jockville is is close, I guess. I'm calling you, uh, <laughs> let's just say, from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the <laughs> capital of Canada. <laughs> Uh, where it is uh, still Tuesday and freezing cold. <laughs> okay. I was waiting for a good story about Jockville, but it's okay. Hey, look, um, I've been talking I mean, to... For a sports guy, Jockville, that's pretty good. I might have to stick with that. But yeah, no, I'm not I, really... I, I reckon that's on the money, on the, on the money, Sean. I've got Logan uh, Sprinkles in with me here as well, Sprinkles Swingles, because uh, he loves his NHL, so you'll have two voices coming at you. Uh, <laughs> but he was talking to me about uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and the trade deadline. How excited should Minnesota fans be getting him? You know what? They should be pretty excited. Minnesota Wild, a good team, but a team that has been let down over the last little while. They've been uh, they've been dropping in the standings largely because of the goaltending. And there's an old uh, uh, thought in the NHL world that it's very, very difficult to add a goaltender during the season. If you need help uh, up front or on defense, you're okay. That's, you, that's what the trade deadline is for. But in goal, it, it can be tough. But it's not becomes available. This is the guy. He won the Vezina Trophy as the best goaltender in the league just last year. Uh, so he became available. His team, Chicago, not very good. Not uh, really his fault, although he's had a bit of an off-and-on season. So there, there is some risk here. He's an older guy. But certainly among the goaltenders that were available, uh, this guy was the best of the best. And Minnesota went out and got him. Uh, and, uh, you know, now we see how it works out. But you certainly can't say that uh, they didn't go out and uh, at least do the best they could to fix the big problem that was keeping them down. Hey, Sean, it's Logan here. Uh, speaking of making moves, there was, there's a few Kiwis out there that support the uh, Anaheim Ducks, probably largely in part to the Mighty Ducks movies back in the day. They were selling a lot during that trade deadline period. What do you make of their moves? And I want to start, before we get to the, the real meaty one, I want to start with uh, them sending Ricard Raquel to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, that that is. Uh, I, I like all of their moves. The Anaheim Ducks are a team that, uh, for a, for a lot of years, was a really good team, and then uh, uh, 
last year, not as good. And this is what happens in the NHL. You, you go through the cycle. You stay good as long as you can. You take as many swings at, at winning a Stanley Cup. But then eventually you got to take a step back. And this year it looked like early on the Ducks were doing better than expected, but they fell back. And uh, it was time for them to, to look towards the future, sell off some of their veteran players, get some assets for the future. And what made it interesting is the Anaheim Ducks, have got a rookie GM uh, by the name of Pat Verbeek, a new guy in charge. And a lot of times in the NHL, it's very tough to be the new guy. A lot of times they like to have, they take some time. Give me a year. Let me sort of get my feet under me. Uh, He didn't have that opportunity because these guys had to be moved now if they were going to move. And when you look at Ricard Raquel going to the Penguins, that was one of those deals yesterday on deadline day that that really slipped in just under the wire. Late in the day, you started to think, man, maybe this isn't going to get done and it's going to be a miss opportunity and at the end of it they actually were able to find a buyer find a deal that made sense uh, and got some nice future assets for a player that as good as he is probably didn't have a future in Anaheim uh, before we get to the the Dadanov trade there was a, how much activity was there on deadline day because it seemed like a lot of deals were coming in post deadline yeah, there was quite a traffic jam on uh, on the phone lines that uh, that the teams have to use to get their deals into the NHL. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but I thought I had heard something over 30 for the number of trades on deadline day, which would be quite a busy deadline day. Not as many huge names as, uh, as maybe we would like to have uh, thought or maybe we've seen in the past, but certainly in terms of volume, it was a, a very, very busy day, and you're right, most of that coming in uh, late in the afternoon leading up to the deadline and even after the deadline while we waited to see what had uh, what had gotten in just under the wire. All right, let's get to the Dadanov trade here, Sean. What happened there between the between Vegas and Anaheim? What's the latest? It sounds like from what I've seen on social media, it's been getting very messy. Yeah, it, this this is a mess. And as far as what happened, we're we're still trying to figure it out. And the NHL is still trying to figure it out the uh, the the basics of it. Seem to be that in the NHL, it is not uncommon for players to have a no trade clause. And what that means is that they can't be traded either at all without their permission. That would be a full no trade clause. Or in uh, in more cases, they will have a limited no trade clause, which basically says I can name a certain number of teams that you cannot trade me to without my permission. And that's a way for a player to have uh, a certain amount of control over where they can go, what destinations they might want to avoid. Some guys don't want to go too far from home. They might not want to go back and forth between the U.S. and Canada. All sorts of reasons. And uh, many of these players have that. Well, it turns off, Evgeny Dadnov was one of those players who had a no-trade clause, and it was given to him by his previous previous team which is the ottawa senators right where her, where i met they signed him to a contract a couple years ago gave him this no trade clause where he could list 10 teams that he could not be traded to a few months after that they trade him to the vegas golden knights no problem their golden knights are not on his no trade list so it's not a problem the issue is apparently the ottawa senators didn't tell anyone that they had given him this no-trade clause. The Vegas Golden Knights did not know that he had a no-trade clause, or at least they're saying that they didn't know. And so then the trade deadline comes along. The Vegas Golden Knights right up against the salary cap. They desperately need to move some guys. They make a deal 
they send him to the Anaheim Ducks. They don't know about a no-trade clause, so they don't ask about it. The Ducks don't know anything about a no-trade clause. Apparently, the NHL somehow didn't know he had this no-trade clause, and so they approve the deal. It goes through, and it's announced. Uh-oh, turns out, suddenly, we find out Evgeny Dadanov did have a no-trade clause with 10 teams, and guess what? One of those 10 teams was the Anaheim Ducks, which means he should not be able to be traded to that team. And now it's a real mess, because we've got to figure out what do we do here? Whose fault is it? What do we do with this player? we got a guy who's been traded away. His team clearly doesn't want him. He doesn't want to go to Anaheim. Where does he go? Where does he play? Do we just cancel the trade? Is there a way we can salvage it? It's a complete mess, and it's a situation that, I, to be honest, I can't remember ever seeing something like this play out in the NHL. The whole reason we have this traffic jam of teams calling into the league to make sure their trades get processed and approved is for exactly this situation, and yet somehow this thing slipped by everybody until it was too late. Did you take a breath during that whole explanation? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm, I'm winded right now, so make this next question a long one. Okay, this, okay, here we go. So I'm looking at the Atlantic Conference, right, the division, right? And I'm looking at the top four going, man, there's some heavy hitters in there, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and Boston. Like, they're all rock star teams, but how many of those four go through the playoffs, and the, particularly the first round? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you're, you're right. All four good teams, uh, all four made big trades, uh, so they got better. All four will make the playoffs. You, you can have the, the top four teams, but they will end up probably playing each other. It is possible that the fourth-place team could cross over and play a, a Metro Division team, but the most likely scenario is they all end up playing each other. So uh, only one of those teams most likely is going to get out of round two, uh, let alone get to the Stanley Cup final. Keeping with that uh, Atlantic division there, the Florida Panthers made a couple of moves there. Ben, ben Sherratt and, of course, Claude Giroux, the big one there, coming out of Philly. Are they the magic pieces of the puzzle that they need to make a Stanley Cup run? You know, we'll find out. The the Ben Sherratt trade was interesting. That was a guy who was, you know, look, he's a decent player, but you started hearing early in the season when it became obvious that his, his old team, the Montreal Canadiens, were not going to be very good, and you figured he would probably be traded. And you started to hear these outrageous prices. He was going to cost a first-round pick. He was going to cost more than that. And you sort of thought, geez, for Ben Sherratt, I don't think anyone's going to pay that. Well, the Florida Panthers did pay that. In fact, they paid a little bit more. They, they paid a real high price to get him, uh, probably over paid, but then when it came to Claude Giroux, uh, probably underpaid, because Claude Giroux, again, another one of these players with a no-trade clause, he only wanted to go to Florida, so they, they didn't have to pay as high a price as maybe they normally would, uh, so it all bounced out. Florida, uh, a couple of real good moves. They, these players will help them. Certainly, Claude Giroux is a, a veteran who's been a star in this league, still chasing his first Stanley Cup. Um, the, the interesting thing with the Panthers is, look, this is a team way, way, way back in 1996 when they were a, still a, a relatively new team. They go all the way to the Stanley Cup final, almost win it. It's this great Cinderella run. They haven't won a single playoff series since then. You're talking... 25-plus years that they've been waiting just to win another playoff round. Uh, this is a team that if there was anyone who was going to go all in, this is the team, and they did go all in, and they, they gave up a big chunk of the future, but that's fine because they're a really uh, exciting team, fast team, offensive-minded team, uh, and they're all sorts of fun to watch. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you don't have a rooting interest and you're looking for a team to jump on the bandwagon, Florida Panthers are a great pick because they've certainly been waiting long enough to have some success, and now they're pretty well-positioned to go and get it. You know, Sean, every time I see the name the Toronto Maple Leafs, it brings me back to one of my silly favourite movies, The Love Guru with Mike Myers, right? 
Oh no! <laughs> we found him. We found the only love guru fan on the planet. That is uh, okay. That's that's good to know. Wow. <laughs> but it just but it just reminds me, and I mean, because they've got they've got some goaltending issues, right? Well, what are they looking like post deadline? Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the goaltending issues did not get any better at the deadline, and, and that's the thing. And, you know, you, you talk about, we just talked about the Florida Panthers and their playoff drought. Well, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a round since 2004, and they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1967. So this is one of the oldest teams in the sport, one of the uh, uh, most important teams mm. as far as the big fan base, the big history, all of that. They're always on television, but they never win. They never win at all, and lately they never win anything at all and uh, they came into this deadline. They've got a really good team as far as the offense. The blue line got better. They went and got Mark Giordano, who was the defenseman of the year just a couple of years ago, so they they, uh, uh, upgraded there. But you're right. It's the goaltending has been the question mark in Toronto, and they were a team a lot of people thought would go out and get somebody, and it ended up they didn't do it. So they're gonna they're gonna roll the dice with what they have, and it's it's a real interesting move. Goaltending is so hard to predict in the NHL. This could work out. It could absolutely work out for them, and everybody could say, "Hey, great move by the Maple Leafs to not panic and to go out and and, and upgrade in other areas and trust their goaltending." Uh, it could also end up being a disaster. And boy, if they lose in that first round in that real tough Atlantic Division where there's no easy matchups, they lose in the first round again, there is going to be all sorts of big tough questions being asked about why didn't they go out and get a goaltender. Yes, so this is a really good question that that can relate to any sports team that is beloved by millions. Why can't they succeed? Why can they not win? You know what? It is a it's a great question, and boy, we would we would love to figure out the answer. I, I mean, I can tell you, I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I grew up in Toronto. Uh, I, I was a fan there for uh, you know, my whole life, and still am. Uh, during a certain period, during the '70s and the '80s, they had one of the worst things you can have in all of sports, which is they had a lousy owner. They had a guy who did not want to spend money. He knew that he had this great big city with all of these rabid fans. He knew he didn't have to put a good product on the ice to sell out the building to make lots of money, so he didn't. And so, you know, you can understand that. You can write off those 20 years. Since then, um, they've had some good teams, and they've had some deep runs. They've gone to the conference final four times, uh, which is uh, which is pretty good. And, you know, they, they've had certainly some, some star players and have built a real good team right now. It just always seems to fall apart, especially this version of the team. It, it, it's just, uh, it, even going into last year, the last couple of years, they've had playoff series where they were the big favorites and they were supposed to win and this was supposed to be the easy matchup and they just fall apart when it matters. I, I wish I could tell you uh, that I knew the piece of the puzzle that it was something to do with the city or the media or the market or the fans. Uh, certainly all those theories have been put out there. Maybe it's just bad luck. It is a 30-team league. Uh, it should take you a while to win a Stanley Cup, but they just haven't found a way yet. I'll tell you, if they ever do, oh boy, it's it's uh, you you talk about uh, you talk about a, a, a fan base that is starving, starving for a win. Uh, it would be absolutely unreal if the Maple Leafs ever did it, but uh, it's going to be real tough this year because they've got a, a really hard path to get any further than they normally get. Yeah, and if that ever happens, I'll be jumping on that first flight to Toronto. Uh, I was speaking with Sean McIndoe from The Athletic about the NHL trade deadline that just passed uh, yesterday. Last question for you, Sean. Along with having a lot of Maple Leafs fans uh, in New Zealand, do support quite a few Canadian teams, it seems. Speaking of, the Montreal Canadiens, they were stashing draft picks during that uh, deadline. They're hosting the NHL draft this year. Uh, is, is the 22 draft class one to get, get excited about? Who are some names we should be looking out for? 
It's it's a considered a pretty good class, uh, an above average class. The, the, there's a, a forward by the name of Shane Wright is probably the number one guy uh, at the top of the list. He'll probably go number one, uh, and and could quite possibly end up going to the Montreal Canadiens. They've had a very surprisingly bad season after making what uh, what to to a lot of us was a bit of a miracle run all the way to the Stanley Cup final last year. They they've just been awful all year long. Although they've been a little bit better lately, they changed coaches, brought in a, a new guy who's who's uh, had some success, um, but they will probably end up finishing dead last or close to it, which means they, they, they'll have a very high pick. 2022 class, pretty good. Uh, 2023, even better. 2023 is the big year to watch if you like looking ahead because there's a kid named Connor Bedard who is basically the next Connor McDavid, the next Sidney Crosby, the next Mario Lemieux, the can't-miss prospect who is just going to absolutely instantly change the uh, future outlook of whatever team drafts them. Nobody quite like that in 2022, uh, but still some real good players and uh, uh, Montreal hosting, and uh, that's uh, that's very exciting for all of us in the in the hockey journalism world because it means we all get to go to Montreal for a weekend, and that's always a good time. I'm so happy you mentioned Sidney Crosby because my only real true uh, interaction, you might say, with ice hockey uh, and the NHL was actually the Olympics uh, in Vancouver in 2010. And I can still remember the day watching it live, Sidney Crosby getting that gold medal winning goal. Boy, was and, and he's still going to the Penguins. I mean, you were, being a Canadian, having an Olympics in your own country and seeing that goal and that win, what did that mean to you? It was it was fantastic. I mean, obviously, th- this is our sport in Canada, and uh, anytime there's any sort of tournament like that where the very best players are sent. So I'm not talking yeah. like this year's Olympics where the NHL didn't go, or the, even the last time. But when the very best players go, uh, as a Canadian, there's only two possible results: you win gold or you come home a loser. That's it. We're, we don't get excited about silver medals or anything like that. Uh, we don't give any credit for close enough or, or any of that. So in one sense, there's an enormous amount of pressure on these Canadian players when they go to represent their country. But on the other hand, we got all the best players, so we probably should win. And the last few times that we did, there was the, the first time they went to the Olympics in 1998, Canada didn't win, didn't even medal. It was a crisis. I mean, we were we were just uh, we're beside ourselves here, wondering what we were doing wrong. 2002, they finally win. They beat the United States, and then they get the rematch in 2010 on home ice. And you know what? Sudden death overtime. Next goal wins. Uh, United States gets that goal. We're probably still talking about what a disaster it was for Canada, but instead, Sidney Crosby steps up, uh, and it's uh, it's another gold medal for Canada, and we uh, we let the guys come home. Oh, Sean, I appreciate that. Uh, okay, so I've got two words for you before you go. First of all, thank you uh, for sharing your thoughts on the NHL trade deadline and what's going on, because I know how, uh, having been there, I, I, I get it, you know, I get it, how you love your hockey, but I've got two words for you before I go. Love Guru. Oh, boy. I, you know what? I, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to know that, that we finally found the one fan. I love Mike Myers. He's a diehard Leafs fan. We were so excited when we found out he was making a movie about the Leafs, and then, oh boy, I don't know. I, 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 uh, yeah, it was. It, that was a rough one. I remember walking out of that theater, going, "Man, I bet you nobody liked this movie, and if anybody does, we're probably going to ship them off to New Zealand." <laughs> Thanks for your time, mate. Appreciate it, Sean McIndoe, Bucksuit Podcast. Right uh, take care, buddy. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. Sean McIndoe. Well, he says, no, he's not from Jockvale, Ontario, but what a great name, eh? Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. 
Trex, the world's number one decking brand.